Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Gentry, and you're listening to The Fire in the Madhouse. This one is a tough one for me. Um, I uh, so a couple years back, I get a message from a friend of mine named Devin that he knew that I was coming to Texas. He wanted, you know, he knew that I was coming to visit. He sends me a, a message on Facebook and says, "Dude, um, would love to see you. Can't wait, you know, to to hang out. You know, let's connect when you get here." Um, a week later he's, um, found dead and, um, um, you know, not being able to say my goodbyes and not to be able to like connect with somebody. There's a history with me and Devin. (laughs) We grew up, uh, we went to high school together. Um, there was another friend of mine named Garrett. Uh, Castle, um, who also died suddenly. Um, they were in the same grade, actually. Um, there's a history with these two people that really brought to light a lot of shit for me personally. And I'm, I'm hoping that I can articulate this because it's, uh, it's, it's a heavy, heavy, heavy subject for me. And I think that it's probably a heavy subject for a lot of people. Growing up, I felt very inadequate very insecure as a human being, as a, as a, as a male. Um, I felt very insecure, um, financially. I didn't exactly come from a well-off family and I went to school in this very, very, uh, wealthy, prominent area. Um, I lived basically the way that it worked was I lived in like an all black area, but I went to school in an all white area of school commuting for like an hour every day, one way, um, uh, each way. And, And I, I hid it from everybody. Like I didn't tell anybody in the black neighborhood that I was going to an all white school. And I didn't tell anybody in the all white, you know, school district that I was living in an all black neighborhood. And, um, I was afraid of judgment. You know, I was afraid to be judged and I felt very insecure. I was prematurely hairy. Um, and anybody that's listening to this knows that, that I had a beard when I was like 10 years old and, um, chest hair and, you know, I would buy beer for like, you know, my college and high school friends when I was like in middle school and shit, true story. Um, but, uh, I just always felt very inadequate. I wasn't very athletic. Um, I wasn't very smart. I was actually in like special ed classes growing up. Um, I didn't really attend school. It wasn't, it just wasn't my shtick, you know? And, um, when I got, when I got into high school, um, all of those insecurities have taken hold pretty, pretty well. You know, they, 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 they ran pretty deep at that point. And, um, but here's what was weird about it is that I was always invited to be around people that were really good hearted people like Devin. We competed to like, flirt with girls and date girls and shit, you know, um, he was a musician, I was a musician. And so there was like this little sibling rivalry kind of a thing, but he never made me feel lesser. Um, as a matter of fact, he always challenged me, you know, 
Um, Garrett was this large, larger than life personality. He was everybody. He was like this gigantic loving teddy bear, but he was huge, like physically big. And, um, he, he was a couple years older than me and, um, always really loved me a lot and always kind of like included me and would always invite me to like house parties and shit. Um, he, and he wasn't like a partier either. He was, he was just a good, smart guy, you know, and Devin was super fucking smart too. And, um, super creative. But there was a lot of there was a lot of people in my life back then that um, included me into their life. They would invite me to their birthday parties. They would invite me to the you know pool parties or to their birthday celebrations or um, graduation ceremonies or family events, sleepovers, and this kind of stuff. And ninety nine percent of the time, I'd always decline. Actually, that's probably not even true. Ninety nine percent of the time, I'd probably say, "Yeah, I'd love to be there," and then at the last minute, I'd find some bullshit excuse for why I couldn't go. And um, the reason why this comes up is because um, I've noticed that this is a, a reoccurring pattern in my life in general. And um, even here in my 30s, and then I'm, I'm now in my 40s, but even when I moved to Hawaii 12 years ago, um, there was a community of people here that were reaching out to me. And these are like people that were like way fucking smart, you know, politicians and, you know, CEOs of major companies and, you know, people that were making change in the world, like positive change in the world, you know. And um, I would always make excuses for why I, wouldn't, why I couldn't go. Yeah. And so there's a few things that went along with this. Okay. So one of the things that went along with this was when I would be invited to these parties, um, I would always find excuses why I couldn't go or I would go. So like, for instance, like a pool party, I was always soft in my midsection as a kid and hairy and pale, not a good combination, you know? Um, but, but, um, so I would go to these pool parties, right. With these wealthy kids and their families and stuff. And they would be jumping around playing in the pool. And then I would go off, you know, smoking cigarettes out in the woods or something or trying to drink beer um, with kids that were not interested in being at the pool party and shit, you know? And so it led me, those insecurities kind of led me into some bad decisions, you know? And I remember countless times, like if like one of the guys that may, maybe was like a little more intellectual, a little book smart, but you knew that this motherfucker was going to go off and like do something incredible with their life, and he'd be like, dude, you should come to my birthday party. And you're like, man, you're not exactly like, you know, like I wouldn't say that they were dorky, but they were just way smarter than me. So I felt very insecure and inadequate, mm -hmm. you know, like they were like I was super inferior to these people, you know. Yeah. And so I would just make up some excuse that maybe they were too dorky or maybe they weren't cool enough or whatever it was. I wanted to be I was so desperate to be accepted by people. But here was the thing about it is like I was accepted by people. I just couldn't accept it. Yeah. It's like, I want to be loved, but I just, just don't fucking love me. You know what I mean? That kind of crazy shit, right? Yeah. Because there was this thing of like, I'm not worthy enough to be loved. So moving forward in my life, these things keep coming up. People that are like super loving, you can tell they're going to do great things with their life. They're making positive impact in the world. They're making positive impact in their world. They're trying to build their community and, and reach out. And I'm always like, fuck, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Like, I, like, I don't want to be exposed for being a fucking fraud. I don't want to be exposed for being dumb, not having enough cash flow like they do, um, not being smart enough in, in business, uh, 
you know, all this stuff. So I started hiding and hiding and hiding and hiding and hiding. This all came about one day, a friend of mine here named Robert invited me to go on a bike ride with another friend of mine here named Josh. These are both very successful people here in Hawaii. And they had invited me to go on a bike ride and we're riding our bike, um, our, our road bikes. Um, (laughs) they're talking about, Oh, like, Oh yeah. You know, 1997, you know, college, da, 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 da you know, all this stuff. And, you know, they're talking about all this fun shit that they were doing in college. I never went to college. I didn't even graduate from fucking school. Right. Like I didn't graduate from seventh grade, let alone fucking high school, let alone college, you know? And so that's a whole nother conversation for another time, but they're talking about it and they're like, Oh yeah, 97, 98. Oh yeah. Those were really fun years, you know, getting to, you know, getting established so on and so forth. And they, and I remember we're, we're stopped for a break we're getting some water at the end of our bike ride. And they were talking about it and they said, well, you know, what were you doing in 97, 98? And I was like, yeah, like, um, I went to prison a couple of times and, you know, just, um, you know, uh, you know, beat somebody up with a, you know, baseball bat and da, 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 da. And you could just see their faces. Like, uh, they didn't know if I was joking or not. As a matter of fact, Josh started laughing. He was like, ha that's funny. I was like, nah, man, I- I'm actually being serious. And I remember that moment that was, it was like, it was like, fuck, like my whole life I've apologized. I've apologized for being alive. I've apologized for being hairy. I've apologized for being pale. I've apologized for not being rich enough. I've apologized for not being articulate enough. I've apologized for not being smart enough. My whole life was built around an apology. But what was even fucking worse is that I had built up this entire lie, this film of lying, of covering up all that shit. All those, it was like a blanket of lies. Just push. I'm just going to throw this blanket of lies over there and I'm just going to cover it up. So nobody really sees how inadequate I really feel and how inadequate I really am. Why does this have to do with Devin or Garrett? Well, a lot because Devin would constantly invite me to go and do shit with him. And I desperately wanted to, but I was too ashamed and I was too afraid. Garrett was constantly inviting me to go and hang out with him and some other buddies of his and I was too ashamed and I was too afraid. And then their life was taken way too fucking soon. And it made me think a lot. <clears throat> Something popped up on Facebook, a memory of Devin popped up on Facebook and it really fucking hit me in my gut. And I've been kind of battling with it for the past couple of years because it's like, I have to do my work on myself because here's the thing. Even though that that was my pattern and it's still, and I still have a tendency to do this where I'll make up a bullshit excuse for why I can't do something or I avoid being closer to people, whatever it may be. Um, I realize that that is robbing me of a rich life. I came to the awareness that my insecurities and then the blanket the effort that I have to put the blanket on to cover up all these insecurities are actually robbing me of a rich life because I was actually talking to my wife about this last night. I wonder how much more rich my wife, my life would have been not monetarily speaking. I'm talking about rich. I'm talking about like in, in experiences, wealthy with experiences, how much more rich my life would have been. Had I just said yes, had I just said, yes, I will try this. Yes. I will go out and I will do this. 
I'm a relatively boring human being. Like I like, I'm a homebody. I like to be left the fuck alone. I like to have my privacy, but there's a difference between me doing that now as a 41 year old man versus me being a 14 year old, you know, little growing shit who is lying all the time and making excuses and just going to work and avoiding relationships and avoiding people. I pushed people away constantly because I constantly felt like I was not good enough. But here was the fucking problem with it is that I think in my head, and this is no shit. I think in my head now, looking back on it, there's probably countless relationships that I left where they thought that they were the ones that were fucked up, that they were not good enough because I rejected them. And that was never my intention. It was never what was going on for me ever once. It was always, I thought that they were too good for me and I did not want to be around them to bring them down or to make them feel lesser. I did not want them. Yes, I took this shit on. And it's, here's the fucking crazy thing about it. Even to this day, even to this day, I still feel this way. And I have to fight every fucking day to say yes. When everything in my psychology, everything in my ego is going, don't fucking go there. The fact that I'm even on a microphone in front of a fucking camera right now is one of those moments where it's like everything in my brain is going, don't fucking expose your shit. Don't go there. Don't tell people the truth. Oh, you're exposing me. My ego is freaking the fuck out. Even talking about this is freaking the fuck out. I'm sweating. sweating. I'm fucking sweating right now. But this is my work. My work is because this is what's going on in my head and it's what's going on in my heart. And so I'm, I'm doing my work on myself because this is what it is. And so for me, if I can share something with the world where other people might be feeling the exact same way or feeling the same kind of limitations or the same kind of fears, I just want people to know that you're not alone. Had somebody just told me that like, dude, we all are insecure. We're all feeling fucking, you know, unlovable and not worthy of goodness. I like, I remember a while back ago, this is probably five years ago, six years ago. I wrote to like probably a dozen people just saying, I'll never be able to explain this to you. I was a broken individual. I loved you a lot. Um, I'm sorry that I didn't show up for your birthday. I'm sorry that I kept you at arm's length. I'm sorry that I fucked up. I'm sorry that, you know, I, I wasn't honest with you about what was really going on with me. I'm sorry if you ever took this on my bullshit. If you took on my insecurities as something that was wrong with you, it wasn't you, it was me. But I feel like that same pattern, that same pattern, I have to continuously catch myself doing even to this day, because there's situations that are coming up in my, in my professional life right now and in my personal life, like where I just don't feel good enough at all. I feel in way over my fucking head. Like there's a business opportunity right now where I'm like, oh my God, why am I being invited to do this thing? You know, like we just got to do a talk for, you know, for power up a few months ago. And I'm like, I don't, what am I supposed to even say? Like, who's going to listen to me? You know, um, you know, coaching people and, and doing all this stuff. It's like, I just want to put it out there that you, I wish I had known that I might be feeding into the insecurities of other people where they don't feel good enough or lovable enough by me not just sitting there saying, I'm feeling really inadequate. I'm feeling really insecure about coming to your birthday party, going to this dinner party now. Like, obviously, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think that I probably ended up doing more harm yeah. by not exposing my shit and being honest to other people that I did not 
intentionally want to hurt or even have the desire to hurt. I just felt so inadequate and so insecure that I made up excuses to reject those people. But what I didn't think about at the time was that I might be actually feeding into their insecurities of them feeling rejected and them feeling not lovable, not good enough, not worthy. And that's a heartbreaking thing, especially when you're dealing with somebody like Devin or Garrett that I can't make amends with, that they are gone physically. And I cannot say, hey, I loved you a lot. And even though you never made me feel like shit, I made myself feel like shit. The fact that I kept you at arm's length wasn't because of you. And I think about how many relationships in my life I did that. Even the people that I had like were my best friends growing up, I kept them at arm's I still to this day keep them at arm's length, you know, to this day. And it's like, why am I continuing that pattern? I don't ever want them to ever feel like they're broken or they're fucked up or that I don't love them or that I don't trust them. It's me. It's all on me. And I need to take accountability for that. So the work that I've been having to do lately is I've been having to say yes. I've been having to say, yes, I'll sit down in front of a camera. Yes, I'll sit down behind a microphone. Yes, I'll expose my shit. Yes, I'll, I'll send you back a, a text message. Yes, I'll go have dinner with you. Yes, I'll go, you know, we'll, we'll sit down and, and, and talk story. You know, I've been having to say yes a lot. This business opportunity, everything inside my fucking gut is like, you're going to fail all of it is just like, it's all failure, but there's this other part of me that knows that I'm not. There's a part of me that knows like, this is about to be real good for everybody involved. So say yes, even though I don't feel worthy, even though I don't feel prepared. Yes. And I, and I, and I, and, and you know how I see it in my own head is like this. It's like, have you ever raced somebody like running? Like, like you race next to somebody like, like a track race or something. The way that I see it is, I would like to be racing with somebody of greater abilities than my own because otherwise I feel like I am racing against like a fucking, like when my son and I run together, he's awkward as shit running. You know, he's like barely able to keep up. His feet are flopping all over the place. If I was trying to like go like, Oh, I'm racing against this little guy and I can beat him every single time. And I'm in my comfort zone and I'm just like, yeah, I'm good. I'm just great. Everything's fantastic. I would be making no progress at all for myself. And so the way that I see it in my own in my own head with my work is that by saying yes to these people that I wish I had said yes to when I was growing up, it allows me the opportunity to push myself into areas that I would never have pushed myself into before. It forces me to become a better person. It forces me to become a more determined person. It forces me to become a more um, complete person, a human being. To live that rich life now. To become wealthy and experienced now. Not trying to make amends for my past. Not trying to like, you know, live in my high school days. That's not what I'm referring to. I'm referring to living in the moment now living a rich, wealthy life now, wealthy with experiences, rich with love, and and devoting my life to that. Listen, my wife is one of those, is a perfect example where I said yes, where everything, my wife is fucking smoking hot. She's super funny. She's 
super fucking goofy. She loves putting me in awkward positions. And I say yes to her all the fucking time. Had I not said yes to her, dude, where would I be? Yeah. You wouldn't have it. I wouldn't have it. And being a dad was another situation. I don't know how to be a fucking dad. I have no idea what it's like to be a dad. Like I was like, okay, yes, let's do this. Let's make this happen. And it was like, okay, we're going to do this thing. We're doing it. And it's an experience. It's a, it's a wealthy, rich experience that I would not give up for fucking anything. So here we are. Like every single time I keep saying yes, my life gets abundant. Every time I say yes, my heart gets swollen bigger, like the fucking Grinch. You know what I mean? It's like, it just keeps expanding and expanding and expanding. And there's so much possibility with yes. There's so much possibility with yes. No is a fucking closed door. It's just a fucking brick wall. And I'm so done with saying no. I'm so done with being so afraid. I'm so done with being so um, identified with my insecurities and my fears and my inadequacies and my jealousies and all that. Like, I'm just so done with it. Yeah. That now is a, is a moment in my life at 41 years old of... Yes. And if I can catch somebody at four years old or at 14 years old or at fucking 24 years old, if I can just, if I can hit somebody with yes, just say yes to the, say yes to the people that you feel like you're not good enough for. Say yes to the opportunities that you feel like you might not be prepared for. Say yes to, to, to just life and live a rich life. And if you feel inadequate, if you feel insecure, if you feel like you can't do it, then just tell the person, I feel scared out of my fucking mind, but I'm going to do this anyway. Can you please help me learn how to do this better? Do that shit. And I swear to you that life will become so much better. Life will become so much more enjoyable. You'll be able to play and sleep and eat with, with, with ease and enjoyment and fulfillment. Not just a fleeting thing of happiness, but fulfillment. So if I can, if there's anybody out there that can hear what I'm saying, please do your best to just say yes to the life that's being brought to you. Say yes to the things that touch your heart. And if if they scare you a little bit, say yes anyway. Just go for it. Because I am just now learning at 40-something years old to say yes to opportunities that I don't feel prepared for or worthy about. And I'm loving every fucking step of the way. Every step of the way. It's been awesome, and I'm super fucking stoked. So with that said, next time. Hey, guys, thank you again so much for listening. I really hope you got some value from today's uh, podcast. If you could, please do your best to share this with a couple of friends of yours, post it on social media, just get the word out there. I would really, really appreciate it. Also, if you could follow me on Instagram, follow me on Facebook, head up my website, gentrypetzel.com. Send me an email. Give me some feedback. Let me know what the fuck I need to address. Let me know other questions that you guys have, any feedback, any comments, concerns. I'd love to hear from you guys. And again, thank you so much for tuning in. I'll talk to you soon.